Hey there, everybody, and welcome. This is Teva DRC, Teva Creative Leadership. We're here today, tonight again, in front of this big door, the symbol of a door. And I believe there is a door wide open right now. And God wants to usher us in if we'll let him. And this is about leadership. You know, leadership it could be in your home. It could be in your family. It could be in your work. It could be in your office. It could be in your ministry. But I think the best thing to know is that no matter if you're a silent leader, a well-known figure that's a leader, male or female or whomever, whatever color, I believe that it's got to be led by the audience of one as unto the Lord. Let the Lord lead you and follow his leadership as you lead. He'll tell you why. Many times we need more of God to guard ourselves before we can try to get out to anybody else and help them. That could be a mother, that could be a father, it could be a leader because of the pressures, the tests, the unique situations, the real things that happen in real life, including ugly things. Many times there are snafus, things that don't go well, and there are sort of people that may be like poisonous persons. But one of the things I've found is that when we're standing before the Lord by ourselves, it may be peculiar, it may be unloved, you may be under, not understand it, God is there. And I'm thinking of tonight, Psalm 121, verse 1. It's my verse, I a key verse in my life. Uh, one of the things is when there are difficulties, there's situations, there's accusations, people won't cooperate. You know, some people even in ministry won't cooperate because they don't even, I don't know, they just don't even know how to love people. Then you have to go to God and not say anything, but just pray, praise, and then say, Lord, what do I do? Now what do I do? And that's it. And so there are times when you get an emergency, a prayer need, and you don't have anybody that you can have confidence in. You're put in a place where it's just you or just your family, whatever it is, your business. So I'm thinking of Psalm 121, verse 1. I've used it a lot. I've even stood on it even lately. It says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills from whence comes my help. Now you can have a door that's a closed door. And you can have a door that's an open door. And you may not know exactly how to get to the door, around the door, or do you really want to know what's behind the door? You know, it could be good or bad. So you need to know your confidence by yourself is with the Lord about the door. And, you know, the Bible says about Jesus, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. So Jesus is the door, and through him, knowing him and being mature, we can pray and he can deliver. He can give you ideas. He can give you sent persons. He can give you the puzzle piece that gets to the next move that you need to do. And that's what I'm finding, that a lot of things are slow, really slow. You don't know that. How are you going to get to this big answer to prayer? You don't know. So what you have to do is you don't know, have to know about how it's going to happen. That's the good news. You do not know, have to know the end result of every single every single piece of the puzzle because many times it's too weird and clueless and extreme. So with this way, you're going to look not to yourself, not to the ones you love, not to friends, family, or foes. You're looking at the Lord and say, I will lift up my eyes, my heart, to focus on the Lord so only He can touch me, tell me, tweak me, and tell me how to be, what to do next. 
how to follow. Now, when we look at the illustration of Jesus Christ, you know, he was Mary's son, and he grew up, and he hadn't had his time of being, you know, he's in his 30s. He, it was about not quite his time to go out and show himself as the Messiah's Savior. So the Bible says that one day Mary and Jesus went to a family friend's wedding, the wedding at Cana, and that's where Jesus ended up doing his first miracle. And his first miracle was turning the water into wine because they had all this wine and they'd run out for the wedding guests. And so uh, Mary was concerned, compassionate, and so she said to Jesus, Jesus, because she knew, she knew his private side of his wonder-working power. So she said, Jesus, just go ahead and pray, and I know what you can do. You and the Lord, your Father God, can turn that water into wine. And he said, first of all, Mom, it's not my time yet, you know, like a real kid. But it, he still honored and respected her and loved her, and he was compassionate. So he did pray, and, and so what happens is a secret about how you get from point A to point B to walk it out so you look your you know you're looking at god the whole time and you don't know how to get to the end result yet sometimes you might but most of the times you don't all right some hundred new ones so it's like the wedding at cana same principle all right mary said to the servants whatever he says jesus whatever jesus says to you do it and then whatever they did they got the pots by faith, they filled him with water, he prayed and turned it into wine. All right, so that's the secret of everybody getting to their answer and their need met. It may be very slow, it may be quick, but usually it's slower because as it's slower, we have to learn more about God and ourselves. He uses those times of pressure to say, you know what, you really got a lot of fear in there or you really don't have a lot of love in there. You're pretty short-tempered. So he uses those tests long and short to teach us about ourselves at one point, but also how to trust him bigger every time. Get over the fear. So the secret is not a formula because nobody is the same life. Nobody is the same type. Nobody is the same situation. Nobody, all right? So the issue is in your, your fashion over where you are, you would say, Father, i got this huge impossible deal. I can't figure it out. I have a door, but it looks like they, the people that know me most, the ones that are in my company or whatever, they black marked me, you know, because you can have weird stuff and personality conflicts and stuff, evil. So you're not moved by that, though, because you know the Lord, you're a Christian, and you know the peace of God as your, know him as your savior. So you say, I'm not going to be moved no matter what it looks like. They put a black mark against me. They are talking about me. They're putting me down. They're racist. They're biased. They're misogynist, whatever. Proud people. Don't worry. Don't look at them. That's the Psalm 121, verse 1. I'm not looking at you to figure it out. I'm not looking at me to figure it out. I'm looking only right now. It's so bad <laughs> that I got to look at God and say, all right, Lord, tell me every inch of the way. And that's how I live life many times. All right, so in that principle, that's the first part, looking at God. 
second part is whatever he says to you while you're looking at God, do it. That's the wedding at Cana principle. All right. So whatever he says to you, do it. If he says, don't worry, sit there and go have fun with your family, then do it. If he says, I want you to call somebody, I want you to do this or do that or not do it, do it. Whatever he says, do you do it? And only that. You know, we're talking about ministry. I've been talking a lot about Christian ministries that are in the world. You know, the circle of ministry, Christian ministry. And I was thinking there are three basic kinds in this TV-affected media world. There's the Enoch minister who's similar to Genesis 5, Adam's grandson, the prophet Enoch, who walked and talked with God daily. And one day God took him, right? He was the one that had a first love relationship. He waited on the Lord and he depended upon the Lord to reveal to him where to go, what to do, what not to do. It's the same principle as the wedding of Cana type thought. It's just like Jesus. When he went to the Garden of Gethsemane every day with his father, and he said, Jesus the Messiah at one point said, I don't say anything to anybody else unless I first enter, perceive, I hear what the Father says. I don't do anything unless I do what the Father says. Because, in other words, he's, unless the Father says it, he wouldn't do it because it was a waste of time. Now, we're not Jesus. We can't hear that well. We'll not be perfect, so don't get stressed about that. But it's a principle that's similar to Enoch, walking and talking. In fact, this, the move of God I have over here all my life has been so unusual. It's been so, I can't work it. I can't, all I know is to obey what he says, and it's like a need-to-know basis. And one reason is it's supposed to give him glory, not me. And Noah can take a long time or whatever, these types of things, you walk it out. So just enjoy God. That's what I like is just keeping my joy in the process. So Enoch is one of the styles of Christian minister. He or, and now we can have Enoch or Enoch, Enoka, <laughs> male and female. All right. So those people walk it out, and they are the first love relationship with the Lord. They love him more than life itself. The second kind would be a Demas, the Demas minister or the Demas Christian. Demas was mentioned, not very favorably, by Apostle Paul when he wrote, Demas has left the ministry because he loved the things of this temporal world more. So Jesus, excuse me, Demas had an opportunity with greatness, Apostle Paul's team, and yet he got bored, he chaffed under it, wasn't, you know, he wasn't popular enough, he didn't make much money, he didn't all these things, it wasn't flashy enough, famous enough at the time, but he didn't, he was immature. And so we don't want to be a Demas because Demas loves money more, possessions more, living his real own way more than the Lord. So, all right, that's the first and the second one. Enoch type and the Demas type, right? You know, Demas, I think of the word in the last days, there will be a falling away. And sometimes there can be a running away toward the wrong thing and makes you more callous and, you know, 
all the duties we've got to do and all the risk, you know, rules. So you've got to be careful not to be a Demas, but to enjoy the good things of this world. Yes, but a balance, always keep the Enoch first. All right. The last kind, the last kind of the ministry in the world today, Christian ministry, appears to be the first Samuel, Eli. So not an Enoch who first loved the Lord more than anything else or anybody else. Not a Demas, materialistic, but still had a conscience and a pure heart toward the Lord. You know, wanting to do Enoch, Demas, and First Samuel. We have Enoch, Eli, excuse me, the Templi priest, and his good old, good old big boys, his two sons, Hophni and Phineas, who were his staff, his own ministry staff. He was the lead pastor <laughs> in modern day terms, and they were his associate ministers. Well, if you read through the first three or four chapters about Enoch and the good old guys, the they were not they were past demons. They were not even near Enoch. They were past Demas so much that they devalued people, God's people. They put pressure on the people, God's people, to bring them money or the offerings, the fat of the, you know, slaughters of the offerings, sacrifices. And the two sons were so corrupt that they pressured people, even had a helper to pressure the people so they could take the income, take the offerings of the Lord and use it for themselves. Also, the whole group of them devalued women. They were misogynists. Why? Because the two associate high priests of the temple slept were known for their corruptness. They slept with the women that came to the temple and Eli did nothing. That means he didn't care or he just was turning a blind eye. Oh, boys will be boys. You know, boys will be boys. I, don't, I think that, that day is gone. That old misogynist back talk. Oh, you know, girls have got to be this way, but boys are boys. Yeah, boy, that's over. No more. It's not an Eli Temple day. It's the opposite. No more misogyny. If you look at the fruit, the fruit of Eli, that kind of minister, was right before God brought great sweeping, cleansing judgment and took them out, took these people out because they were the bosses, they were the heads, but it was known, it says in the Bible, that the two sons were known, Hophni and Phinehas, his two sons, the leadership, were known as the sons of the devil and that they were known the offering of the Lord. They'd done so much with you know, bringing in the money, taking it themselves, greedy and licentious, that the offering of the Lord was despised in that day. And you know what? The offering of the Lord is despised in this day. It has been as long as I've been around. So we're working here one day at a time, day in, day out, to say, how can we just put out ideas and, you know, what can we do now as a Christian ministry or Christian person to revamp that and have new teaching, theology, excuse me, and heart conditions. Eli's, not no more Eli's, but just Enoch's that are not licentious, not abusive, not accusers, not demeaning, not devaluing God's office or his people. 
and let's say what could we do in our own right you over there me over here all these people together to make the lord's offering not despised because it is a huge deal and we're going to talk on it another time all right so eli the fruits of eli were wine women and song today it could be men women and song and younger kids ugh, just bad we are pro christian ministry we really are but i believe that if we do not work on the christian why bother to go out and say to the people who are not christians that jesus why accept jesus that's my thoughts i don't talk to the christian to the non-believer they're welcome they're respected they're valued but my word of the lord and my mouth my message is geared to the christian as a sila pause and think about it i have a what is called a tennis ball sila you know, I'm hitting the ball of my opinion, what the Lord has put on my heart to say into your court. And then it's up to you to figure it out. What you hear is really from God for yourself. I'm not going to be a dominating autocrat. So the third, the third kind of, um, the third kind of Christian minister was the one that preceded the glory of the Lord leading the whole nation and because they despised they really had no fear of the lord no love and they lacked empathy and compassion eli must have been really either weak because he was too scared to discipline his own two sons maybe they were controlling that happens maybe he was just too tired maybe he was just like you know boys will be boys maybe he was just dull of perception we don't know but when you look at the way that he treated the lone woman, you know, there was a lone woman named Hannah that came to the temple steps in 1 Samuel. And she showed up on the steps on Eli's watch. She was sitting, taking a break on the porch. And the backstory of this woman, this lone woman, was she was Hannah. And she was persecuted because she loved the Lord. And she was the favorite wife of the two wives Penina and Hannah. Elkanah was her husband and he loved her and she'd gone off because the other wife had many children. She had, she was barren and so therefore she was persecuted. Well, she goes to seek comfort at the house of the Lord, compassion. And she goes and she's weeping on the steps alone, no man beside her. And it triggers Eli at first. Instead of having, oh, what's wrong? Like a real person who loves God real compassionate priest he at first he went he was jaded he said she's drunk from my experiences it was like one more typecast one more problems than overly emotional bothersome little woman that's the old Levitical patriarch type view of you know cynical but suspicious and also unloving disrespect you know treating them as less well after fashion you know so we look at the character that's a lone woman symbolic could be a single woman but it was married or one there and it was a test a red flag about teaching today in a lot of these circles really it is so eli does quickly you know for some reason his heart changes he addresses hannah and gives a great prophecy turns out hannah the lone woman that he didn't value he devalued her demeaned her at first by accusing without speaking to her.
turned out she turned to be the mother of the first prophet of the nation of Israel called Samuel. Isn't that amazing? And yet it was still, a, and then later, uh, later the God came along and wiped out Eli and his two sons, and Samuel rose up. The bad part of the culture was so big that the misogynist Levitical patriarch culture back then, the witch-watching culture now, <laughs> it's because even though Samuel grew up mentored by Eli, good and bad, that Samuel's sons didn't follow the Lord either. So it's a huge deal what we're talking about. It can be a huge deal for good, but it can be a national deal for bad or good, depending upon the call and the heart of the Christian leader, really the Christian leader. Well, I'm going to go because we're here today and I believe that we're in a new season and it's a great door that's open and don't be compassion fatigued. I hear the, the crowds are forming here at the Barista Fellowship, one of my favorite type places. All right, we all have a great night. This is Tavo DRC. If you want to talk, have fun, chat theology, pick my brain and say, you know, I want to ask you a doctrinal question. This is the maven of theology, you know, or just whatever, hang out or anything. If it's a Christian minister or Christian type person, that's fine. Any color. All right. Before you, this is Tavo DRC. If you want prayer, mainly, if you really would like prayer, I really feel it's a season. We all need more prayer. I need prayer. You need prayer. Let's do it. But let's don't give up. Let's look up. We lift our eyes up until the hills from whence our, comes our help. Even if nobody's there, he's there. God bless you. This is Tavo signing off for now.